You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Chris Cruz, how long have you been married? A month. Not very long now. You know how you can tell when someone is single or hasn't been married very long? How can you tell, Jeffy? Well, as you know, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to uh, have a little cave room that they uh, let me work out of. Uh, and I, I call it an office, but really it's just a little hole in the back corner. And it's an old makeup room. And they were like, yeah, just let Jeff have it. It's fine. Don't just let him have it. He can be back there. We don't want anybody to know he's back there. It's in the back corner of the makeup rooms. Just let him be. But in that room is a bathroom, right? So, I mean, it's got a sink, a shower, a toilet. It's, it's nice. I don't ever use the shower, but I could if I wanted to. It's there to be used. And so Chris and I are in there earlier. And he has to use the restroom. And it's fine. I mean, if he doesn't want to, I'm not going to make him walk to the public restroom while he and I are talking in my office. That's fine. That's the kind of nice guy I am. And so he uses the restroom. Now, let me ask you a question. How can you tell? Again, I asked the question. How can you tell someone who is single or hasn't been married very long? Uh, Toilet seat. Bingo. I walk back in there not long ago and I see the toilet seat up. Completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Now, you and I aren't married, although we spent enough time together. I'll give you that. But that cannot happen. All right. That is unacceptable. If your wife or my wife were to come in and just, you know, come in and visit and wanted to use the restroom, they would go in there and think that I am the culprit of leaving the seat up. No, 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 no. I will not take that hit for you, my friend. And I actually thought of putting it down, but I was like, no, I just leave it up. I will not take that hit for you, my friend. That cannot happen anymore. <laughs> okay, Jeff. It cannot happen anymore. It is, in fact, you know how I'm going to make sure that it doesn't happen anymore? I'm not allowed to use the bathroom ever again. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. This is Jeff Fisher. Host of Chewing the Fat on the Blaze Podcast Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Just something to pass along to you and your family members as they use the restroom facilities coming up on the holidays. We've got what? Uh, we've got uh, 21 days until Thanksgiving, 55 days until Christmas. Oof, man. And then we're into 2019. Wow. 2019. Amazing. I certainly didn't think I would live to see 2019. That is for sure. And especially this morning. I mean, it was cold. It's been raining here in Dallas. It's been, you know, I, the kids finally, they went a little trick-or-treating last night. It rained all day. I thought they were going to be, you know, we wouldn't go trick-or-treating. But, of course, it stopped raining. Right at, you know, trick-or-treat time. So, all right, go ahead. Go out there. Although it was nice having, a you know, a couple of. Nice big bags of candy. And uh, they, uh, what's that? Well, yeah, the trailer park has trick-or-treaters. We go around to the different trailers, of course. It's like, you know, people have their, churches have their little trunk-or-treats. The trailers, we have our own little our own little trick-or-treaters. Everybody knows who they are. Please. And, you know, Max can't really go trick-or-treating anymore because he's, he's 16 and he's like, he's that's it. You know, he's aged out. But. His sister, my daughter is 11, still has the trick-or-treating blood, right? She's still good for about another year or so. 
So, I mean, somebody's got to go with her because I'm not walking around. All right, I've seen those people in the trailer park enough. I mean, I know what they're giving out. So go ahead, go with your sister. So, I mean, if you're going to take your sister out, you might as well take a bag just in case. you got to go up to the door with her. can't be expected to have her go up by herself. <laughs> and he looked good, too. He dressed like uh, Carl from The Walking Dead, uh, you know, before he was dead, with the eye patch. He's got the long hair. He looked good. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Sorry. If you, haven't, if you don't know that Carl's dead on Walking Dead, just start watching it. He doesn't. He doesn't die until like season eight. <laughs> so if if you're on two or three or four, just know that that thought in your head of you know Carl's one of those guys that will never die in the series. That's not true. And in fact, even I was wrong because there's one of those things where you think eh, Rick will never go. Eee. Big spoiler this season. And you know that. If you're any kind of news person at all, you know Rick's going away. This is last season on Walking Dead. Sorry to disappoint you. But it still doesn't lessen the goodness. You can quote me on that. It doesn't lessen the goodness of the first eight years of Walking Dead. That's tremendous. And this season, by the way, if you've, in fact, if you've been listening to my separate podcast, Talking Walking Dead, uh, that I do with uh, my son Maximus and Jason Buttrell uh, each week, this season has been tremendous. It's been great. But Rick is, goes away. Have a nice day. So we've got post-Thanksgiving stories about the men arrested in pumpkin-smashing crime spree. Now, that's a kind of a misleading headline because it's not – you can read that headline and you think, oh, they're just going around the houses and smashing people's pumpkins. No. No, 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 no. They've been going around to grocery stores and stealing the pumpkins in front of the stores that are for sale and then going around and throwing them through car windows. I'm glad they got arrested. That's a lot of money. And how bummed are you when you come out and you see a pumpkin sitting in your front seat and the windshield is smashed? And you know it's not you know it's not the pumpkins doing that. Unless it's a carved one. Once they're carved, then they come alive. Ooh, did I spoil something for you? Sorry. And, we, of course, we have the big story every year about the no trick-or-treat Halloween signs posted on homes of sex offenders. And I guess in your gut you feel like that's right. You know, you really you don't want the kids going up to the sex offenders' houses. and It feels right, but it just feels wrong. It just feels wrong. If they've paid their due to society... And they're registered as a sex offender. You want the banner out in front of the house saying the sex offender lives here? You do? Okay, so I'm wrong. Put the banner up then. Let it hang. Let it fly high. Sex offender lives here. What do I care? Right? What do I care? And if if you've served your time, and really, I mean, these sex offenders, they serve their time. And then uh, uh, they're still on the list because, right, they have to list, they have to register as a sex offender. They're on the list. Wherever they move, they have to register. And whenever there's Halloween, they have banners flown around their home. Sex offender lives here. But it's really a previous sex offender. So I guess there's no getting over that ever, ever. 
and we're okay with that? We are? Okay. All right. Then so be it. Tennessee death row inmate uh, tonight, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, when you're sitting at home and you hear this, know that the Tennessee death row inmate Edmund Zagorski is dead. He's being electrocuted in Tennessee tonight. Now, he's being electrocuted. He's been in prison for the 1983 murders. 83 murders. And not 83 murders. The year, 1983. He lures two men into a wooded hunting ground area under the pretense of selling them 100 pounds of marijuana. Then he slash, he kills him. And I won't, we don't need to go into details of how he kills him, although just know that he uses a knife and a gun. Now, there's no mention of why he killed them, but I guess it doesn't matter. He's crazy. He killed them. But my, my fascination with death row inmates is their final meal their last meal before they get uh, before they die. And according to the Tennessee Department of Corrections, uh, Zagorski selected pickled pig knuckles and pigtails. All right, they should just juice them now. They should you want what? I want pickled pig knuckles and pigtails. All right, we're walking to the chair now. We're not serving you that. You have to pick something else or you're done. It's that simple. I mean, that's fine. You can get, call your attorney, call your priest, do whatever you want, but we're not serving you pickled pig knuckles and pigtails. That's not happening. Okay, I don't care if you're on death row or not. As a matter of fact, we're just walking you down to the chair now. We're just doing it early. We're letting people know. All right. So it might. It actually, they might get pissed enough this afternoon before you. If you're if you're driving home, and you hear. Just know that they, were, they weren't they were serving him pickled pig knuckles. This is not going to happen. A bar fight. Ever been in a bar fight? Have you ever been in a bar fight? I have. I have been in a bar fight. And it is not fun. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a brawl mentality. And you're getting punched by people you don't know who you're getting punched by. And you're punching other things. It's not, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. And I don't care how, you know, if you, I know people, you know, they like to portray on television that I like to fight. So we're just going to start a fight and brawl. It's not fun. That's not fun at all. And then I, I was in one, one big bar fight brawl like that. And it is not fun at all. Now, fortunately, uh, I was able to uh, retreat from that bar brawl uh, and not get arrested. I remember laying down, I've never told this story. I remember laying down in the back of the van we had driven in when the police showed up so that they wouldn't come and start asking questions why we were in the van, what happened, were we there? That blood that's dripping from your face, where did that come from? Yeah, we didn't get, we, we were very fortunate. Very We didn't start it, by the way, that I remember. An upstate woman uh, in uh, in New in Plattsburgh, uh, boy, in Plattsburgh this time of year, beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been to Plattsburgh, but this time of year, it's gorgeous. Um, 
a nightclub bouncer was knocked unconscious and almost choked to death because this girl thought, and she worked at the place, this Kira LaGrave, 22, was working at a, at a 518 nightclub. So she walks by and she thinks the bouncer slaps her on the butt. So she hunts him down and starts choking him, drags him down, punching him, almost chokes him to death. Now, her friends don't even tell her. Her friends let it happen. This is what's amazing to me. Her friends just let it happen. So the police come, and they look at the video inside the bar. Uh, the, the bouncer didn't have anything to do with it. It was her friends. So she walks by, and her friends slaps her on the butt, and she thinks it's the bouncer, so they're, you know they're laughing. They're laughing at her thinking it's the bouncer. But then when she started attacking the bouncer and darn near chokes him to death, don't you think then maybe you go, yo, Kara, easy. Okay, it was me. He didn't do it. She was now charged with felony charge of second degree strangulation. What? Now, you know they don't get along. Right, I mean, the bouncer is—it's embarrassing enough that he got knocked over by this 22-year-old girl and darn near choked to death, and yet she's going to be charged in front of a in front of a judge. The bouncer's going to have to go before the judge and say, "Yeah, she thought I slapped her on the butt, but I didn't." And then she attacked me and almost killed me. This little girl—that's why I'm a bouncer. What? I hope the judge says you're a wuss. Get out of here. I love the friends, though. They—I don't think they're friends. I don't think you can count those people as friends when they just let her go and darn near kill the guy when it wasn't even him. Fascinating. And this story I find fascinating simply because it never happens to me. So in Tennessee, people are at a restaurant dining. <whistles> yep, I'll take, uh, you know, it's, it's a mandicotti and let me have, uh, you know, have another glass of water and maybe, maybe a beer. <sighs> I don't think you could smoke in Tennessee restaurants, so nobody was smoking. And uh, as you're sitting there, a half-naked woman falls out of the ceiling. What? Come on. Why doesn't that happen to me? So she's hanging from the ceiling, pulls herself up, and starts running around up above the restaurant. The police are called. They get up on the roof. They find her wallet. They're up on the roof of the restaurant. She's still up there running around. If you're sitting there waiting for your manicotti to show up, you're waiting for the the half-naked woman to finish dropping through the ceiling again. All of a sudden, wham, she falls through the ceiling again, only this time she can't hang on. She lands on the floor. She crashes onto a table, lands on the floor, and gets arrested. Oh, now that's a way to end your dinner. That's a way to end your meal. No word on why she was half-naked running around on the roof and in the ceiling tiles of this restaurant. I'm guessing, and look, I don't know, a lot of these things happen because they're drug-induced, so it's possible that she was doing this under the influence of some kind of drug. It's not often when someone isn't under the influence of drugs that they're running around half-naked, falling through restaurant ceilings. Look, it just doesn't happen, because it certainly hasn't happened to me, but I will in the future be looking for people to smash through the ceiling at any restaurant I'm in. And if they want to be totally naked rather than half naked, I'm okay with that too. In the criminal justice system, 
There are people who don't kill, and people who kill. These are their stories. Dun dun. Restaurant owner murders man, serves his remains to vegetarian diners. Now they get instantly found out. Duh! Patrons at a vegetarian restaurant in Bangkok, Thailand were turned off when they found chunks of meat in their food. Oh, come on now. I mean, they didn't initially realize that it was human. They were just mad that there was some kind of meat in their vegetarian dishes. Apparently, the victim was uh, having drinks at the restaurant and uh, got a little little uppity with the restaurant owner, and the restaurant owner um, decided to end his life. And then he didn't have any way to get rid of him. So he just chopped them up, threw them in the old vegetarian soup. That was the problem, right? That was the dumb restaurant owner. He should have, I realized that it's a vegetarian diner. So, you know, there weren't a lot of meat dishes on the on the menu. But he could have thrown one on just for the heck of it, right? He said, hey, there's a vegetarian diner, but today, today we're serving uh, vegetarian meals and I'm throwing in some meat dishes for today, just for today. And then serve him up. Nobody would have known. Nobody would have been the wiser. But instead, he threw it in the vegetarian soup. It's over. Have a nice day. You're busted. I saw this headline, this particular headline, and I thought this can't be true. But in Antarctica, and who doesn't want to spend some time there? Man, when I think of spending time alone, camping, having to, I think you can only get there like two times a year, fly in, and just live in your little Sub-zero tent. Oh, man, does that sound fun. Man, does that sound fun. But uh, a scientist is now facing attempted murder charges because he allegedly, now I love the story, he allegedly, he did it. We know he did it. Okay. Um, One of the scientists kept reading books and telling them the end and spoiling the books. The other scientist got so angry, he tried to stab him. Now, I'm not a fan. I think I think uh, it's okay to have spoilers. I, it doesn't ruin any part of shows for me to know what's going to happen. If I want to watch a show, I'm going to watch it. And it's easy to let yourself go and get involved in the show. And then, you know, you just know, obviously, you know that something is going to happen. But I, I'm okay with that. But they are, they are not. And this is the first time it's happened down there. I mean, this is the first big-time crime we've got down there. Most people down there are, look, you're in Antarctica, right? You're already in probably the worst place on the planet. Why do anything else? But you can't be telling the other scientists the end of book stories. (laughs) No spoilers. No spoilers on the books or you're done. Human remains found in the Vatican Embassy may shed light on decades-old missing persons mystery. Nice. Man says he might have lost it a bit after killing son over burned omelet. You think? Yeah. Peter John Smith, 70, murdered his 30-year-old son, Andrew. I'm not laughing. I am not. This is not funny. The victim... The victim, the kid, the son, the 30-year-old son, was the father of two, living with his parents. Oh, ooh, so the wife kicked him out. So he had to move back home. Dad was not happy about that to begin with. 
he was reportedly making an attempt to get clean from drugs. He tossed a burned omelet in the backyard. Dad, <laughs> so bad, could kill the effing dogs. A burned omelet could kill the dogs? Is that possible? I guess so. So um, he got the shotgun. <laughs> I'm not laughing. Not laughing. This is a horrific story. He got the shotgun out, loaded it, told the wife, I'm killing him. And uh, and he did. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. And so uh, in the interview with investigators, I think I might have lost it a bit. You think... I love the fact that he, he got so angry that he walks back into the house, grabs the shotgun, loads it up, walks back by the wife. I'm killing him. I'm killing that son of a... And does. That's a business right there. That's a business right there. Another story out of Australia. Australian woman gets prison after killing her alleged rapist. And you think, okay, good. Right? I mean, everybody, good. It's kind of like the sex offender flag in front of the sex offender house. Good. Guy raped you, you killed him, good. Then she dragged his body behind her car for a little ways. And you think you're still okay with it, kind of. But uh, she fatally stabbed a man that she said raped her and threatened her daughter. And this happened three years ago. Um, so she she stabs him. He's dead now. All right. So she stabs his body. And she stabbed him in the rape areas and in the chest area. And then she doesn't know what to do with them. And the neighbors don't want to help her. She goes to the neighbors, hey, I just killed this guy, and he raped me, and, and he threatened my daughter. Sorry. Got got nothing for you. Are, are we neighbors? Can't you help me dispose of this body and do something right? I mean, at Christmas time, you're getting nothing from my household. I'll tell you that right now. Nothing. And do not expect any Kit Kats on Halloween either. All right? Whether my light's on or not, you're not welcome on my porch. I just want you to help get rid of the body that I I killed, okay? The guy raped me and threatened my daughter. No, they won't help her. So she decides to tie him up and drag him down the road and find a place to get rid of him. And so she, I mean, she drove, drag him past houses. She drag him past the police station, finds a place, rolls him into the ditch, drives away. Now, she said, yeah, I, I, I killed him. He raped me, threatened my daughter. Why? Well, how is it possible that she gets sentenced to ten years in prison? Ten years for that—that's that's wrong. That's right. I, I don't think it doesn't say whether they went in front of a jury. I think she admitted guilt. Oh, you got to take that. You got to get a. You got to take that in front of a jury, right? A jury doesn't let that slide. You don't go to prison for that in front of a jury. The the person who got raped killed the rapist. And maybe she got a little carried away. Maybe. But 
you know, are 61 injuries to the man's body and then being drugged through town too much? I don't think so. I mean, hashtag me too. Okay? I don't think so. But the judge said, look, it certainly uh, looked as though there was significant provocation. You think? You think? What else does a stupid judge say here? Because I didn't see this what the judge said. But instead of calling police immediately, you set out a process of disposing the deceased body and showing no respect for Caesar's human dignity. Yeah, he raped me and threatened my daughter. No doubt your rage continued to affect your attitude to him. Yes. Her upbringing around drug users that included sexual abuse was a factor as well. That plays nothing into it. He raped me. He threatened my daughter. This judge should be disbarred immediately. If this was this country, this guy, we get rid of the judge. Oh, but then, are you kidding me? This judge would be, there'd be banners of me too all around this courtroom. The judge also added that Caesar's family will never recover from his death. So, never in the world could I imagine a woman would do such a horrible thing, said the victim's mother. Your son raped a woman and threatened her daughter. Uh, this is agonizing. Now, I'm even more angry than I am. I, I'm all, all for her. At first, I was kind of like, okay, she lost her mind, but she got in trouble for dread. That's what happened, though. If she had just stabbed him 61 times and then called police, she'd have been fine. But it was the whole, hey, I guess I just killed a guy, and uh, can you help me get rid of him? No, I just want you to help me. I don't know what to do with him. I need you to help me get rid of him. This is all a little help. Come on now. All right, I'll go next door. Hey, I just asked Millie. Millie wouldn't help me, but can you guys give me a hand? I just killed a guy. Tried to rape me. He threatened my daughter. Maybe we can get rid of the body. Help me. No? Come on. I just want a little help. All right, fine. I'll tie you son of a to my car and drag you through town. I mean... I'm still okay with it. I'm still okay with it. Apparently, the judge and the courts in Australia are not. She's doing 10 years in prison. Very disappointing. Very. I mean, where is hashtag me too when you want them? I don't know about you, but I am thirsty. So we'll go over to the break room and we'll get a drink. In fact, I'm just going to steal a drink right now as we're on our way. Oh, man. I swear to you, you thought I was going to tell you how good Coke Zero was, didn't you? I know, that's what you thought. And you were right. So in a time that, uh, you know, there are times uh, in our life when we see things that uh, happen and you think to yourself, wait, that wasn't going on already? One of those times is when I saw the idea about realestateagentsitrust.com. Wait, that isn't going on already? There's not a way to find uh, great real estate agents in the city that I live that can help me sell my home for the most money, that know how to provide the resources that I need to sell my home, and they can do it online and in person, 
and they think like I do, that isn't happening. Well, it is now with realestateagentsitrust.com. Want to sell your house, get the most money? Want to uh, get it out there in the world to make the most money instead of just sitting a sign in front of your house and hoping somebody drives by to buy it? Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. And again, it was created out of necessity. Uh, you know, Glenn and Tanya Beck tried to sell their house up north, and it was on. They got a real estate agent. I think it was their third cousin uh, removed, and uh, that third cousin removed said, "Just put a sign out. They'll, it'll it'll sell, no problem." What seemed like twenty five years later, the house hadn't sold, and uh, they both thought uh, Glenn and Tanya Beck thought that uh, there's got to be a better way, and that's what. Help them create realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Today I read a story that I, when I read it, I went, okay, so in the story, does it tell me how many other cities are doing it? Suffolk County now is the first major police department in the New York area. See, this is what threw me in the New York area to adopt technology that allows text messages to be sent to 911. Now, we've made jokes for years about people texting. Now, you don't text 911. Police departments have said, hey, don't tweet us if you're in an emergency. Call 911. Why not? If I, I'll tell you what. If I'm in trouble and I'm in the middle of a tweet and I tweet 911 and ask for help, somebody better come. I know it's me, so no one will. But someone better come. So we're the largest police department in the region. All right? All you have to do, they're starting text to 911. It's up and running. First of its kind program, now in effect. Could be a a life-saving change. You think? Uh, yeah. Now there are, oh, you lied to me, Chris Cruz. You lied to me. You lied to me. Wow. I want to apologize. Chris Cruz not only leaves the toilet seat up in in bathrooms, he now is a liar. I think there should be a banner hung outside of his home. Chris Cruz is a liar. And I should read the story even though he tells me about it. Other counties in the state that have implemented text to 911 capabilities include Erie, Monroe, Rockland, and Dutchess counties. A duh. So it is happening in other places. All right. Look up right now if it's happening in other places around the country. Now, I don't think anyone can tweet 911. That still is not implemented. But this is the first of its kind program in the region will enhance public safety for all. In the region. It's for something. In the region. But they have other counties that are doing it. So in New York, at least they're starting to make this happen, which is great. And it still is a time that has long since passed. You should be able to do you should be able to text 911 in today's world. No question. Hell, half the kids probably don't even know you can dial a phone on your handheld computer. What? It's a phone? What's a phone? So now Chris is all busy because he's mad at me because I called him a liar. I actually read the story. And uh, while this is the first of its kind in the region in New York, it's not the first of its kind. So now tell me, 
I'm at their website, the official website for the FCC. And they're saying that today most customers cannot reach 911 by sending a text message from their wireless cell phones. Cannot. Okay. okay. Again, keyword most, and that was not an answer to my question. All right. What other cities or counties or regions or areas are you able to text 911 and get a response and actually expect help from responders? And that's right. I didn't call them first responders. Sorry, you, but they're responders. I know you like to think they're the first responders, but the first responders are the people on the scene. They're the first professional responders. He's so mad at me right now. Oh, my God. You have no idea how I want to go to his house and leave the toilet seat up? I'm getting another drink. All right, so I've got the map now. Uh, I've got the map. Text to 911, which is dated as of October 4th. 2017, so a little over a year ago, all right? And they've got darker shaded areas that are doing it, and they've got some lighter colored areas that are now, they may be, today's date, operable, but they were coming. They were in the works. And the country is, I mean, there's a lot of open space that that you can't text 911, all right? Uh, I mean, the upper northeast, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, done. Looks like almost all of New Jersey, all of Indiana, um, Southern California, a lot in, uh, boy, Montana. Not as easy as it looks, all right? I mean, those states are, what do you mean? What state is that? Oh, my gosh. Do not even start with me on All I hear from you, and then Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico, they don't even draw Puerto Rico on here. Okay, and plus we're talking about the United States. It is the United States. No. Okay, so you're saying Hawaii is not part of the United States because they did not draw Hawaii, but they mentioned Hawaii. Like I'm, they mentioned a, I'm, okay, I'm okay with Hawaii. We're not going to draw islands. Islands are like, yeah, you can be a part of us. That's fine. We're talking about the continental United States of America. Motherland. But th- thank you, thank you. We didn't even draw Alaska out here. We didn't even care about Alaska. We just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Don't worry about it. So if you're in if you're in Alaska in Alaska you get to just, you know, that's it don't worry about it just shoot the guy all right don't worry if you're in trouble just shoot him <laughs> but my question is how does it work that's a good question I just I was like I want how to does test it work? this I do too I want to call, I want to text nine one one but then will that be considered as a hang up because when I was a nine one one operator yeah you still have to come out right you still have to send a police officer yeah. for a hang up I've had a, I've had that happen before where uh, someone in the house has dialed nine one one by accident and uh, and then hang up and then the police still show up well yeah we gotta make sure everything's okay can we come in no. And then at that time, at the at the very time that the police show up, we're at my folks' house. I'll tell you the nine one one story. So it's actually that's when I let the police in, because uh, I was like, well, "There's no, we're fine." My wife, my wife came around the corner. She was working and she was dialing numbers. Uh, she was working. This is my first wife. Yeah, and my first wife, and uh, she's home health nurse, so she's calling her patients for tomorrow, the next day, because we were eating dinner at my folks' house, and she dialed nine one one by accident, hung up the phone, and. Uh, 
And she goes, oh, I must call 911. She comes out, oh, that's fine. But she's giving my oldest son, at the time, who's a little baby Elvis, uh, a bath. And he comes running out of the bathroom naked, screaming, ah! You know, he's at, at his grandma and grandpa's house. And uh, the cops are standing at the door like, hey, you might as well just come in and look around. Because <laughs> I, I was like, no, we're fine. You don't need to this guy. Yeah, you might as well just come on in and check it out for you. Everything's fine, all right? The one cop was laughing. But, I, you know, just, we're fine. Just, everything's cool. No problem. But uh, now let's back to the let's dial. You going to do it? Uh, I think so. Oh, my gosh. My phone is not working. Good. Good. Holy cow. What's wrong with my phone? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, this cannot be. Not, not at this time. This is not happening. Seriously, why is my phone not working? You're going to make me restart? All right. This is Big Brother watching. Yep. This is Big Brother watching right here. We'll get back to the 911 call. Because we're not leaving today until we text 911. This is where we're at in America today. Want to know where else we're at? This happened. It's a British food magazine editor. But this is what's happening all over the world. And it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Uh, A food magazine editor resigns. And you think, "Eh, so what? He's a food magazine editor. So what? The former editor at uh, Weight Rose Food Magazine, uh, William Sitwell, who's also a critic on MasterChef UK, issued a written statement to BuzzFeed News about the comments he made in an email, an email, a private email to a freelance journalist. Now, his apology was, I love and respect people of all appetites. Uh, uh, can be, be they vegan, vegetarian, or meat eaters, which I show week in and week out through my writing, editing, and broadcasting. I apologize profusely to anyone who has been offended or upset by this. You think, oh my gosh, what did he, he threaten someone? Was it horrific? Um, freelance journalist, uh, Celine Nelson, uh, had pitched a series on vegan cooking in an email to Sitwell. Now, first I want to stop here for just a second and say, Celine, if you think you're the first person to ever email this guy over a vegan cooking series, you're out of your mind. Come up with something I got a vegan cooking series I'd like to pitch to you. Okay, what are we doing? Are we cooking vegan where? A campsite? Are we, you know, come up with some ideas. But his, which is why he responded the way he did. I guarantee this is why he responded the way he did. Because she, I've got a, a pitching a series on vegan cooking. Oh, never had anybody do that to me before. What do you got? What are your ideas? What are your plans? So he responds, Hi, Celine. Thanks for this. How about a series on killing vegans one by one? Ways to trap them, how to integrate them properly, expose their hypocrisy, force feed them meat, make them eat steak and drink red wine. That's funny. Okay, but it's also my thought of him saying, come on, give me some ideas. What are you doing? I mean, he probably shouldn't even have responded. It's just not worthy, right? So, I've been a vegan for a little over a year, and I was shocked by his response. Were you? Were you? 
get a little butt hurt from the response because you didn't. He didn't automatically say, "Ooh, a vegan cooking series." No one's ever pitched that to me before. Please, let's have a meeting and talk about it. Ugh, agonizing. So now, I mean, he's apologized to everybody, right? Which is a little agonizing in itself that he's had to apologize for everything. And another thing that's a little agonizing is the people that are his bosses, like John Brown Media, uh, has announced that uh, he's stepping down as an editor of the Weight Rose and Partners Food Magazine, in effect, immediately. And Andrew Hirsch, I respect William's decision and have therefore accepted his resignation. I'd like to thank him for his work uh, with ourselves and Weight Rose for many years and wish him well in the future. Do you? That's agonizing that they don't stick up for him like that. They just let him go like that. Just cut him loose because of one stupid funny email and somebody gets butt hurt and you get cut loose like that. We are in a bad place. Let's see if my phone works. Text 911. Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. We're opening up. You uh, really going to do text. this? Oh, see, we're going to text. Text. Text 911. All right, so apparently, uh, since I'm broadcasting from Irving, Texas, uh, technically, uh, Irving does not have text 911. So I have to dial if I'm in trouble here. Huh. Wow. Okay. Whatever. Thank you. How about stepping up into, you know, we're living in, what are we, this, living in the Stone Ages? I am fascinated, though, as to what I have to text. I really am. Do I just text 911 and say help, or do I text 911 and say nothing? And then my GPS automatically comes on and they know where I'm at. Uh, do I send, do, do we have a special 911 emoji? You know, like a guy with a bloody knife, or do I have to pick out the right emoji? Like, you know, a guy with a gun, a guy with a knife. A guy running, uh, scaring, I'm laying down, I'm bleeding. There could be a whole set of... This is a million-dollar idea for the emoji people, man. 911 emojis? Come on, man. That's a million... We can't record this because this, now our idea is gone. Darn it. I, I, am, I am in love with the 911 emojis. That's a million-dollar idea. We need to create that. I need to have my daughter draw up 911 emojis. You're going to have your daughter dry, drive, uh, draw a guy laying on the ground with blood coming out of him? A yes. A yes. I want the guy with... <laughs> 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 we are having... We are, we are starting the 911 emojis. I want that now. That is, that is a million-dollar idea right there. We're done for the day. I don't even know why I'm here still. I just came up with an idea that's going to make us millions. Or I'll see you tomorrow on Chewing the Fat right here on the Blaze Podcast Network. and you can, you can listen in and have some fun and see how we came along on our, on our 911 emoji plan. Because that's a, that's a tremendous idea. I don't care what you say. So I appreciate you listening. Don't forget you need to subscribe, rate, review. Uh, rate it 20 stars. Review it best podcast ever. Share it with anyone you know. And we're good. You don't even have to think about it. That's all you need to do. And you can always tweet me at JeffyMRA or uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. Do not even think about stealing my 911 emoji plane. Okay? Don't do it. Don't think about it. And don't do it.
Oh, 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 oh,